Welcome to the Care Team Podcast. This is June 24th, our 41st episode. Um, our podcast is based on Romans 12.2, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. And today we'll be talking about parent-teenager relationships. Awesome. Well, as we dive in, uh, before we get started, uh, we have a couple questions, just playful questions kind of get us, you know, uh, just kind of lighten the mood a little bit here. Uh, this game, many people have played before, is called Never Have I Ever. And uh, so we're, we've got some clean never have I ever questions. And so if you can't say I never have I ever, then you have to explain yourself. So, oh, man. Uh, so the first one is, <laughs> never have I ever shoplifted. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one, I'll, I'll tell you one that was really funny. So when I was a kid, uh, I remember I was in Spencer Gifts with my mom, and they had oh little... Mickey Mouse figurines. And I told my mom I really wanted this little Mickey Mouse. And she said, no, not today. So we're walking through the mall and all of a sudden I'm playing with Mickey. (laughs) And and my mom goes, where did you get that? And I go, from the store. (laughs) And she goes, you didn't pay for that. So she made me go back and tell him what I did and apologize and told me why that was wrong. But I just thought, well, I'm just going to take it. Yeah. I'm going to play with Mickey. (laughs) Anybody else? Nope, I've never shoplifted. I think I was five. We were going through the Kroger in Clarksville, and uh, yeah, I came home with a candy bar, and my mom was like, where'd you get that? And I was like, grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little melted, half-eaten, so it's kind of hard to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I never shoplifted, but I had a toddler in a stroller. My daughter, we were just pushing her through the store one time, and then we were walking in the mall later, and somebody was you know, looking at her saying she was cute, and her little bear was cute, and we were like, what? Bear, and we look, and she had just pulled it off a shelf and was a random <laughs> <story>. <laughs> All right, never have I ever been electrocuted. I have by an electric fence. Yeah, I just grabbed it because I didn't know that it was an electric fence. And my mom, like, I think yelled out to me a little too late, and I had grabbed it to Ooh. pull myself up on it. And I like wow. fell back. <laughs> yeah, it I, hurt. yeah, that's not good. I'm glad. <laughs> And did you, like, how did you release? Did you fall? Is that how you let go? I think so. It was a long time ago. I was probably like four or five, so I don't really remember it super well, but I, I have been electrocuted. Yeah. It was fun. No, I uh, I was probably five or six. My mom told me to change a light bulb and a lamp, and I was too short. I couldn't see down in the lamp, so I stood on the couch, and I reached in while it was on with no light bulb, and I put my finger directly in the socket oh. where the light bulb goes and probably could have been electrocuted to death but it hurt so bad, I like jumped back and fell, yeah. and the lamp fell over, and I released. But that, I still remember how that felt. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time I, uh, yeah, I got you. Uh, I remember one time I was in college. I was working uh, at an automotive repair place, and I didn't have tools, and so I, I would borrow tools from the guys I work with, and they gave me a tool, and he was like, "Hey, here's a wrench. You can change that battery out." Well, I always knew you shouldn't touch the positive and the negative oh, together. No. <laughs> uh, I did that not just with my fingers, but with the wrench, and it was a large, flashing white light. Oh, uh, I don't really—I don't know if it made a noise or not. I just remember like the light subsided, went away, and then the wrench was like cut in half. Oh my like, gosh! Like, right in the middle. What? Yeah. <laughs> so don't ever do that. Okay, I won't. I won't yeah. do that. <laughs> Lori, uh, yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> only to, I, I'm a moron. I sort of electrocuted myself. Um, I was using a tens unit. I have some shoulder issues, and it just get, it puts like you know a small electrical pulse through your muscles. And if you don't have both the pads like 
totally down against your skin and they're just kind of touching you. Oh, no. Or and you try to pick it up with your fingers, it will just shock you. <laughs> and if you're like me, you have to do it like three or four times before you realize what's happening and turn it off. <laughs> all right. Yikes. We've all been electrocuted. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, so the next one is, and this will be the last one, never have I ever been driving a car with its maximum speed limit. I have never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I have. <laughs> so my grandma had this old Cadillac, and I remember she hardly ever drove it. And she drove it out to our house one time, and she said we had to run. And she said, why don't you, why don't you take the Cadillac? Oh, yeah, take the Caddy. Uh, so I did, yeah. and uh, I floored it. And uh, I hit a bird and thought it was going to crack the windshield, and I never floored a car <laughs> after that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was that was not good. My first car, uh, a buddy of mine was like, you know, we were driving around Clarksville, and like, hey man, no place where you can gun it and get it up to speed. So we did. <laughs> and I just remember seeing it was in the 90s, something like that. We were at like 90 miles an hour, nighttime. We ran out of road. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh. And, and it's, it turned into a gravel trail. And at the end of the gravel trail, closely, very, very quickly coming at us was like this wooded area. Oh my so, God. Oh gosh. And so we had a hard time slowing down. Thankfully, did not hit a tree. So. I, I I have to say, Tommy might edit this out, but I was going 120 miles an hour. I, I, I didn't get to 120. Yeah. Remind me to not let my son listen to this part. <laughs> well, later I became a driver's ed teacher. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, Hurtful, we have truthful. we have we have fun here, and this is the yeah. podcast for yeah. teenagers. This is good. So uh, so thanks for joining us. No, a lot a lot of, lot of really fun times, a lot of good times, a lot of things we. Probably should not have been doing. Uh, definitely a couple of those should not have been doing. Uh, but as we dive in today, we're going to be talking about parenting and parenting teenagers. Uh, you know, we, we have a, a few of us uh, on the team. We uh, we have teenagers, and so we're trying to figure out how do we do that? How do we do it? Well, some of us uh, have teenagers for the first time. Lori, uh, you've got a couple teenagers, uh, so we might be leaning on you a little bit today for some assistance. But uh, what, what are some of the common things we see with teenagers? You know, like what are some of the common issues? What are some of the common worries? Well, I, I think probably to, to lead off, we need to say that this is a normal and natural time in the life of uh, a person when they begin to really kind of figure out who they are. And it's natural and normal for teenagers to begin to pull away from the family unit, at least for a time, uh, in in an attempt to find autonomy, to find their likes and dislikes, to define their personality, who they are. And while that is a God-given and wonderful time, it can also be a very dangerous time in their lives, uh, With especially with the way our world's going, our culture, uh, the push and pulls, the constant uh, availability of media, um, uh, to images, to to ideas, to things that they really shouldn't be putting into their mind. Um, so I th- I think it's a it's a can be a wonderful time, but I'm really glad we're talking about it, even if all we do is get conversation going for people because this is uh, a really important topic. Yeah. Well, and one thing I think about too, when I first became a teenager, I was in middle school, and I just remember thinking like that was just a weird time mm-hmm. in life, and I think it's weird for everybody. Sure. So. Um, but you know, one of the things we, you know, we often think about as parents is it it seems like to me and, uh, and Lori, please, you know, especially chime in, but like for, for me, when I, when I think about teenagers and and the kids, you know, getting older, it's just, it's really hard. Like parenting is just challenging because it's, you know, they're, they're, they're almost adults. And so they're, 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 they're going through a lot of, uh, physiological changes, you know, hormones, uh, growth. Um, their, their brains are getting more developed. They're starting to learn 
deeper truths about things or they're starting to be more deeply um, distracted by different things. And so uh, so for me, it, it just seems like it's a really challenging season. Something um, that makes me think of that I've told my kids several times is we'll be going through an issue with one of the kids and, you know, I don't always parent perfectly, believe it or not. And they'll, you know, they'll be frustrated by something I do. Um, and I'll say, you know, this is a hard time. You've never been 16 year old or you've never been a 17 year old before, but I've never been the parent of a 16 year old boy before. So I'm learning mm-hmm. along with you. And I try mm-hmm. to, I try to connect with my kids and make them remember that I'm a person also. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I have the same struggles as, as anybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think telling your kid you you don't know or apologizing when you're wrong is good at any age. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think it's especially respectful of teenagers because um and and we can talk more about sort of the flip side of this in a moment which is they don't know as much as they think they know and at the same time they know a lot. And mm-hmm. in right. fact, mm-hmm. we were talking <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Mallory who's on the podcast with us today who's been joined joined the care team here recently. Um, was just talking about how sometimes uh, in our youth we're not respected for the wisdom and the knowledge and the things we do bring. And so I think one of the the bridges, uh, the relationship builders uh, with your teenager, is to recognize that while they don't know everything and you do have to pull rank and be the parent, there's often a lot we can learn from our kids too. Uh, If nothing else about the current structure of the world. You know, as we get older, we pull out of things like popular culture. And so there's even just learning about what what is the thought life of today from your teenager and, and respecting that about your child. Right. Yeah. And you have to remember that you can't parent the way you were brought up. It's a totally different world. You can't, you can't parent like you have a teenager in 1986 because those days are really mm-hmm. long gone. <laughs> Why does every generation think when they were raised was the best time? Because I, Jessica and I have been talking about that. Well, lately. I was raised in the '80s, yeah. so it was the best time. <laughs> well, the '80s was pretty stellar. So, yeah, I will say. Hence our opening song, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I know one of the, the the common things, you know, regardless if it's the '80s, '90s, '70s, today. Um, almost sounds like a radio show. And we play the seventies, eighties, nineties, all the but, hits. Yeah, yeah, all the hits. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, what, what, whether you know, it's 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 our generation or, or the previous generation or the next generation. You know, I, I know some of the the challenges seem to seem to be a reoccurring that we see through there. You know, like in during that age. So it's whether it be drug abuse or violence or mm. uh, acad- academic issues or mm-hmm. uh, getting um, in the wrong circles with the wrong people. Maybe premarital sex. Uh, you know, maybe uh, social disorders, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to figure out like, who am I? And is this, you know, and, you know, just uh, having challenges with just day-to-day life. Yeah. So. One of the things I, I know that I battle, that I see a lot of parents battling, and I want to give permission to parents to be the parent. Um, it's, it's hard, especially um, if you're a single parent, but whether you're single or a, a two-parent household, there's a tendency to want to be, we want our kids to like us. Yeah. We want our kids to want to be in relationship with us. And when a teenager is already naturally pulling away, I think that desire can be even stronger. And um, one of the things that we used to talk about as addiction counselors um, together was if somebody left treatment and they disliked us or even hated us, but stayed sober. We did our job. 
And I really look in some sense at, at parenting the same way. I don't think that's going to be my relationship with my kids, but if my kids learn right and do right and have a successful life and somehow decide that they don't want anything to do with me, I will still have been a successful parent because that God has Jessica and I from the beginning have reminded ourselves and pray about they are on loan. I do not own my children. Yep. Yep. God is the one who created them mm -hmm. through us. And that's an honor and a responsibility. And beyond that, they are on loan. They do not belong to me. I have an obligation and a responsibility to do right by them and to release them into the world to be successful adults mm -hmm. and to be God-fearing, God-loving, yeah. successful adults. And if I've done that, I have done my job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, so as, as we think about, you know, we want to, we definitely want to spend a lot of time on, on the solution and what are some things we can do. And, and I think if, if we're being objective, we can look at, you know, at teens and, and, and there's things that they can do. I don't know many teens who are listening to our podcast, but they are praise God. And uh, when we're talking to you, but we also want to give some tips too for the parents. And I, I think the number one thing, you know, before we start getting into like to behavioral therapy and, 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 and things like that, uh, I, th I think number one, you know, if, if we're not leaning on God's wisdom, you know, like right now we're going through a series at our church, you know, uh, words of the wise or word to, word the, to, word, the, wise. Word to the wise. Yep. And, um, uh, and we're going through the book of Proverbs. I mean, you know, like, you know, you think about the book of Proverbs or Ecclesiastes or, you know, uh, you know, uh, all the books of the Bible are great, but just th those are a couple of the, of the wisdom books. There's just so much good wisdom in there and being grounded in God's truth and knowing, you know, look, there, there, you know, there's nothing new. I think it's actually Ecclesiastes. Like, like there's nothing new under the sun. Like, mm -hmm. like there's, right. there's yeah. you know, uh, there, there, Yes, it's 2021, but it's still a lot of the same challenges we, you know, that our parents yeah. faced back in the 1980s. So, mm -hmm. but just being grounded in God's word. Mm. Yeah. So, the, uh, the the next thing is to uh, you know if if you're a teen uh, and and you know you're struggling with your parents, I think I think one of the key things too is to know that your parents love you. That mm -hmm. you know that they may not have it all figured out. Just like just like what Lori's saying, you know, uh, yeah, she had a teenager who's now in her 20s. Uh, but this is the, but that was, that was a girl and Lori was a girl, you know, was, was a teenage girl at one point. Uh, and now she, you know, she's trying to raise uh, a teenage boy and, and being that she wasn't, you know, had there been a teenage boy, she's not really sure. And so, so for me, I, I know for myself, I have one teenager at home. I got a preteen and I'm trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I parent a teenager? Mm -hmm. you know, so That's just, right. So I, I'm, I'm figuring out for the very first time. I'd love to hear from from the team, you know, Callie, Mallory, we were talking about this a little bit into navigating that, that, um, the transition from, you know, being a kid, being a child, becoming a teenager, and then finding your autonomy and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, whatever you can say about that. I think it was really hard for me to find autonomy. I think for a long time, it was hard for me to be my own person. Like, so there's part of me that's like, I'm still growing to be more independent and I'm like 23 now. And so I know a lot of people kind of crave independence when they're younger, but I've, I've always wanted to be more independent, but I feel like I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like, okay, like I like the point of independence that I'm at right now, but sometimes it's just hard to find that. I think a lot of people crave to just be out in the world and be their own person really early. Um, but yeah, I think, it's just a really hard thing to try to be your own person and find your likes because usually you go through a lot of different things. You try a lot of new hobbies. You try a lot of even life paths of like 
okay, I want to do this with my life, but because people in high school tell me I have to know what I want to do. And it's just, it's a lot of responsibility too. You know, you said something I'd love, you know, talk to this, speak to this as well. And that is, I think in general, and Lori, you might want to check in with this as well. People in general, and this is not a knock on anybody. It's just, uh, uh, just, just noticing people are maturing later. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you go back to my, my parents' generation, uh, many people got married right out of high school, got a job, didn't go to college because you didn't have to at that time. You could find a job to support your family without going to college. So often you were right into your career, right into being married, and people just sort of grew up quicker. Uh, nowadays, even insurance will allow somebody who's 26 to be on their parents' insurance. There's just this idea that people are maturing later. Do you think that's accurate and true, or do you think that's just uh, the image that we have of, I, of young people? I definitely think it's true, and I think yeah. it's, like you said, I think it's because people had to grow up sooner than, and mm-hmm. and it was. I think it was easier then to move from your parents' house and to s- start a career and raise a family and buy a house. It's a little bit different now, but I think also on the flip side, we as parents tend to make things too easy for the kids, and so why why should they leave? And mm. they're you know they, you know like Callie said, they're busy you know exploring different avenues, which are good. And I think sometimes parents get in the trap of, well, I need to support that. I need to continue to let them explore and figure out what they want. Well, no, that's not that's not <laughs> that's not serving anybody. Mm. And mm. parents want their kids to be independent as much as kids want to be independent. Yeah. And it's yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard to to find the line of where you you stay in there. Mm-hmm. You know, one one thing I think about too is. Uh, when I was getting ready for this, I was doing some reading, and uh, a psychologist, Eric Erickson, he talks about uh, the eight stages of, of human life mm-hmm. from, from birth until uh, older adult. And the fifth stage is the stage of adolescence. And he actually calls this the most crucial to a person's future. Mm-hmm. And he talks about all the different challenges in there, but a couple of challenges that really stood out to me is, you know, the, the, the teen, they're trying to discover who they are, so their identity. They're trying to figure out their gifts and their uniqueness, so their auton- autonomy. And they're trying to figure out uh, how to find an adult community that wants them and that they want so that that sense of belonging. And so, like, all this is happening. And, you know, if they're not careful, they can find themselves in great isolation. And now with, like, social media, it can be even more so or COVID. So just a really challenging season. So, mm-hmm. I think as we are growing up, I am just turning 21. I just turned 21. So I barely know who I am. But when you're in high school, you're supposed to make all these decisions about your life. You're supposed to know who you are. You're supposed to know what you're going to do for four years. You have to get a scholarship for your career. You're going to pay for your career essentially by going Mm. to college. And a lot of times I think there's a big generational difference of how we're raised. So there's the baby boomers and then there's the generation z and y and all these letters and there's all these generational differences of how we were raised one generation was in the great depression another generation was in a better stance so we have one generation that is raising their kids to use resources and to be independent and then you have our generation which i feel is almost babied in a sense Mm. so i grew up almost being jealous of my friends because i grew up in a really strict household and i had to be very independent at a young age and i always grew up wondering why can't my parents baby me i want to be babied but Mm. now i'm actually independent because my parents didn't baby me and i'm happy i wasn't babied 
but my friends that actually were babied and had their hand held through life are now struggling to be independent. And I think it's hard as a parent to know what to do because you want your kid to love you and you want your kid to think you're the best, but sometimes it's hard to be hard on them because you want the best for them. I think that's a really good point. And I don't want to make this podcast go too long, but I just feeling burdened to share this a little bit about my adolescence briefly. Um, I've shared somewhat on here before, and some of you may have seen my testimony online, but I got into drugs and alcohol in my teenage years, and I can tell you exactly where that came from. Um, I had no sense of my worth being grounded in the Lord. I had no sense of uh, my existence on this planet that God created me and broke the mold. I, I had no knowledge of that. I didn't know who I was in Christ, and so I was lost. Anyone who doesn't know their knowledge in Christ is lost, whether they realize it or not. And so I got my value and worth from my peers thinking I was cool. That that was the sort of, for me, the ultimate goal was to be the coolest guy that I could be because that would mean I was worth something. But I always feared that I really wasn't worth something and that people might find out. And we've said on here before that fear often leads to anger. So I spent a lot of my adolescence an angry young man for really no good reason other than how scared I was inside. And when I got introduced to drugs and alcohol, that took away that fear. And not only did it take away that fear, at least somewhat, but it also made me cool. So I felt like, man, this is really what I've been looking for. And I really, in a roundabout way, started to worship drugs and alcohol. Thankfully, the Lord had a lot of grace and a lot of mercy on me, and I've been sober a really long time. And uh, But I just want to share with the parents out there, talk to your kids. Give them an avenue to talk about if they're scared, if they're, if they're, if they're fearful, if they're angry. Let, let your household be a safe place to unpack. And please, please, please share with them the Lord and the love that he has for them and their value and their worth being grounded in the fact that he thought they were worthy to be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember one thing I heard a long time ago, uh, it was talking about, uh, you know, yes and no. And it was, you know, not that we want to say yes to everything, but, but try not to like, as you're disciplining, you know, find, find ways to say yes. So, you know, and, and with, with, with healthy uh, boundaries and healthy structures in place, you know, uh, cause yeah, our, our, our kids, they're not getting any younger. I have a 14-year-old. He'll be 15 this year. So in three years, he'll be an adult. And it's like, so how can I, uh, how can I structure things to, to, to say yes more often, to give him, uh, you know, opportunities to, to succeed and opportunities to fail? Because, you know, these are the times where uh, it should be safe to fail. Uh, but there will be times in his life when he turns 18 that if he fails, I can't help him. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, helping him become an adult. And so it, and, and because, and not to say we shouldn't discipline, I'm, I'm not suggesting that at all because discipline's in, important too. And, and if you're a teen listening to this, you know, and you're trying to figure out why am I being disciplined or why is this happening? And, you know, you just got to understand, just like I mentioned before on the podcast that, you know, our, 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 you may not understand, but, but parents have a little more wisdom. And so, you know, think about it in a, in a, um, in a godly manner, a, a biblical manner, you know, God has a ton of wisdom and, and we can't wrap our mind around God. God is holy. He is set apart. He is, uh, it's just, we can't wrap our minds around him, but there are things that happen and we're like, why is this happening? Like, you know, what, how, how dare you God? Or, or why are you doing this to me or blaming God for what's happening? But it's like, no, God's like, no, I have a wonderful plan for you. And, 
and and this is happening for for your good and my glory. And, mm-hmm. and the same thing's mm-hmm. true with parents. It's like, no, I, you you need to get this. Uh, uh, we'll just say tetanus shot because it's been over ten years and it's going to hurt. And and you you know it's painful, but I'm I know it's for your good right. uh, mm-hmm. that you get the shot. You yeah. Know? Sometimes so. all those lines between those things seem so overwhelming because you want them to know their worth in Christ. You want to mm-hmm. you want to protect them. You want to give them some freedom. You know, in the right amount. You don't want to baby them like Mallory said. And you know, something that I've experienced as a parent is. I I feel like kind of over the years as they were younger, I did too much for them in a sense, and I didn't set good boundaries. And now it's really hard to to backpedal and change mm. those things. You know, yeah. things I realize I've done wrong. Um, there's just <laughs> there's just a lot of things to keep in balance. And something that I try to remember with my kids is if you know if they're going through a hard time, you know whatever we're struggling with whatever issue, and Every time I see them, I want to say, did you do this? Have you done this? What, how, what's going on? You know, I want to lecture. I want to find out how we are with the issue. But I have to remember that's not our whole relationship. We have to connect, too. Yeah. And so it yeah. just seems like there's always different lines <laughs> to walk. Well, and, and I think for most of us as parents, like we, you know, we, we obviously we, we start out as, you know, um, as as a, a dictator, if you would, because it's like, no, you're, you're two. We're not going to, you're not going to, you know, <laughs> stick that in a light socket. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, you know, but, but it starts gradually, you know, um, I heard this a long time ago. I don't know who said it, but um, d- that you, you, you transition from a, a dictator uh, to a coach, you know, like maybe like preteen years to like a mentor in their, their mid to late teens. And then it's our hope that, when our children turn 18, that we're friends mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that, I mean, we're still their parents, they're still our children, but it, it's our hope that they still come around. They still come around for dinner. Uh, I, somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was a couple of days ago, post on social media. It's like, you know, I, I, I still want to see the joys on my kid's face when I give them a present when they're 40. Not that I want to like, right. you know, shower them with gifts. Cause no, hopefully they'll have some grandkids by then <laughs> I get to do that <laughs> with, but, but you know, you still want to invite them over and be like, Hey, you know, I know this is a, your favorite meal and we want to cook for you and we want you to. Yeah. Well, even talking about, you know, you say when they're 18, but then you have that, what if you have an 18 year old who still lives in your house, which is very common. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. have a legal adult that you're living with that still lives in your house that has to abide by certain rules or you're both going to lose your minds. And then that's another mm-hmm. kind of balancing act. But I think that's an opportunity. I was sitting here thinking that, you know, we often look at where that, where is the teenager growing and changing and making mistakes, but so are parents. Right. And mm-hmm. I, where I, where I have counseled over the years, because one of my jobs in Southern California was specifically working with teenagers and teenagers had addiction problems and issues. One of the things I noticed over and over again is the parents' over-identification with their kids. And what I mean by that is they saw their kids not as autonomous human beings, but as extensions of themselves, and that is unhealthy. Yeah. And when we do that, we can't we can't get perspective on the issue and parent the way we need to because we see that as an extension of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I encourage you to remember that God has plans for their life that don't involve you. His plans to prosper them don't necessarily directly involve you. And so as parents, as with everything else we do in life, God is in charge of the outcome. We are in charge of the effort. Mm -hmm. I don't have control over my child. I have influence over my child. 
Let me say that again. I don't have control over my child. I have influence over my child. I have never had any illusion that I have any control. <laughs> well, over my child. I, I maybe not, Lori, but I think a lot of parents do, yeah. and then are frustrated when they quote unquote lose that control. And I think you said something very important, and that is, and we say it all the time in care ministry: control is an illusion. We don't have control, mm-hmm. and so I encourage you that. You know, the scripture's clear that how we how we teach our kids and lead them, they'll return to the Lord if we raise them in the Lord. Yeah. That doesn't that scripture doesn't say they'll always follow the Lord. It says they'll return to mm-hmm. the Lord and return to the teaching they know and return to the truth. And so That's there's good. that scary middle time mm-hmm. where we're letting go and recognizing that now they're they're gaining more and more autonomy. And it's, it's that idea of almost weaning them from dependence on us and on to dependence of the Lord. If we've really done our job, we cease to be their higher power, and God becomes their higher power. And that's the transition that not only the adolescent is going through, but the parent is going through as well. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get Callie's take and possibly Mallory's as well. I know you've mm-hmm. both been involved with young young adult ministry here. And talk about a transition. Yeah. I mean, you've got people coming into young adult that, let's be honest, are are really still kids. Yeah. Who then meet somebody while they're in college, still in young adult, and maybe even look at getting married. And so you have yeah. this major, major, often life changes happening. Talk a little bit about maybe your own experience with that within young adult ministry, but also yeah. what you've witnessed as a leader within adult young adults. Yeah. Um, I've been part of our young adult ministry since 2016, so it's been several years, and it is, I feel like just who I was when I walked in the doors to where I am now is just significantly different, and I think about just how much I've grown and how much I've matured in my walk with Christ, and honestly, how that ministry kind of helped keep me on track, and almost in a sense, I was never away from God, but it really did bring me back to a closer relationship with Him, and you see so many people on so many different paths of like their spiritual walk. Like some people, you know, are really desiring. Some people are kind of just like, you know, I'm kind of just doing this because I feel like I should, but everybody's there because they want to be like most of the people there aren't there because their parents are making them like we're to an age because it starts at 18 where people are allowed to make their own decisions. And so it's encouraging in the sake that people want to come and be present in a community. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know people that I've I've known for years that are getting engaged and that are married now and that it's just, it's super encouraging, but it's, you really see how different everybody is in their walk. Mallory, maybe you could talk about the same thing and speak a little bit to the benefit of going through those changes together as a community of people making those life transitions. So I actually just got back to YA after getting out of the military and dealing with some health issues, and I'm actually planning a wedding. So I'm one of those people going through a life change. And I think the importance and the benefits of going to YA when I can make it is that you do have a community and that you all are going through similar circumstances. So if I went to an all adult group, they might not understand that I'm trying to plan a wedding and go to college. Or Mm. if I am dealing with younger kids, they're like, marriage, that's gross. But (laughs) 
when you're with a community full of people that are going through the similar things, you don't feel like you actually still need to even rely on your parents sometimes. You have a community of the people that are the same age, making the same decisions, and that are walking with God. You're not just going to your friends that are um, going to frat parties and asking for their advice because their advice is going to be really different from people that are walking with God. And they Mm -hmm. can give you a different outlook and they can support you through these big life changes that you're about to make. Yeah, we've had a great discussion, and uh, you know, I really appreciate everybody's insight. And, and we definitely want to come back to this topic. There's so much to unpack with parenting and teenagers, and uh, and and that that shift from from childhood through adolescence into now adulthood and young adults. Uh, but as we get ready to wrap up, we're reminded that prayer is primary. That's the primary way we want to. We want to care for you. We want to listen and encourage, but we also want to pray for you. Uh, so as we get ready to close out, um, Tom, do you mind praying? Us out? I'd love to. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Heavenly Father, um, just as Tommy said, this is such a wide um, spanning topic. Uh, we could spend months on this probably. Lord, we hope that uh, today has reached some folks, touched their hearts, started some conversations. Lord, we hope that uh, the people listening feel supported Lord, we want to be a resource, um, whether someone's out there struggling with a teenager or you're a teenager who yourself is struggling. Um, Lord, we just want to be, uh, we want to be a, a source for them, a source of hope, and, and most importantly, a source that plugs them into you, God. So just pray your presence and your Holy Spirit into their lives. Lord, um, it is a tough time, uh, but it's a time that you've designed. And so, Lord, we just want folks to be um, lockstep with you through uh, the process of being an adolescent and the process of being a parent of an adolescent. Lord, thank you again for the opportunity to reach people through a a podcast, for our great team and all that they bring. Um, Lord, just blessings on on those that are listening. And Lord, a special prayer for those that might have tuned into this, maybe even accidentally, that don't know you as their Lord and Savior. That, uh, Lord, we want them to know you in an intimate way, to confess their need for you, their brokenness, um, Lord, and we just pray that uh, if we can help them in that conversation, help them get to next steps, Lord, that you would uh, lead them our way. Thank you, God, again for today. Uh, it's a day that you've made. Let us rejoice in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, don't forget to join us every Thursday morning, 7 a.m. to catch this episode or others uh, on either Amazon Music, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. You can always go to our website, mynorthside.com slash care for additional resources. Love you guys. Catch you next week.